Like there's a whole bunch of shady shit happening here. Like you've got this hub being built in the middle of a community. We've got all of these developers that own land immediately surrounding this place. They're going to be selling them based on today's market value. So they're cashing in and laughing. And then however many years from now, everybody around it's going to go, well, we got to sell. We can't live here anymore. There's too many trucks. There's pollution. We didn't know about this when we bought it. And now you're going to have buyers coming in and going, well, your house is worth 10% less because you're next to the hub. And I don't even want your house because it's next to the hub. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. This is episode 117 of KT Confidential. I'm here with my partner, as usual, Ariel Cormendi. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And today we are privileged to have the company of Rita Vogelpost, uh, who is with the Milton residents affected by intermodal lines, aka the rail group. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so obviously, well, not obviously, but a lot of people will be aware, especially in our neck of the woods in Halton region of the recent news about the uh, um, CN Logistics Hub being approved by the federal government on January the 21st. It's been a common topic of conversation um, through Facebook, local Facebook pages, among other places. And we've had a lot of people reaching out to us. I had a number of clients um, message me out of the blue saying, hey, make this a topic of conversation for an upcoming um, podcast. Because a lot of people, I think they know about, they have a general idea for what's being proposed, but they don't really know much about it. And I think now that it's uh, been approved, um, it's kind of hit home and they're like, oh my goodness, maybe I should educate myself. (laughs) It's it's so true. Um, I... Do you want a little bit of background first on what happened or what? Absolutely. Well, maybe just to start, um, Rita, if you could just give us a little bit of background just so people know who you are. Okay. Um, Well, as I said, I'm Rita Vogel Post. I've uh, lived in Milton for, oh, I don't know how long it is now, 36, 37 years. Um, My father had a business here in town and um, we did live in Oakville. He, we moved here into Milton. So uh, we're in the country on Tremaine Road. Um, I've got, I'm married. I've got three kids who are now grown up and they grew up during this fight with CN because it started in 2001. And I can't remember their ages now, four, seven and nine, I think they were. So this is truly embedded in in their minds of the concerns of what's what, you know, could be coming here with the CN intermodal. So um, it's, it's been a really long and involved fight. There's so many issues and it's almost like opening Pandora's box. As soon as you look at one issue, it leads to another issue. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been all consuming and a significant part of my life. Um, when it first began, um, as one of the residents in the area was selling their home and learned that the CN was buying property. And that's how we learned that the, they were building an intermodal terminal. And we truly didn't have a clue what intermodal was. And I expect a lot of the listeners will be the same. They don't know. And truly, why would you know? Um, so the intermodal is the transfer station where uh, the containers that you see on the trains are either dropped off or picked up from that yard. And, um, taken to a final destination, probably warehousing. Um, So it's completely 
reliant on truck transportation. So uh, this yard at that at 2001 and now it's similar numbers, it's 800 trucks coming in. So that's 1600 trucks movements within the community. And um, that's all on our local roads. Like it's, it's uh, traffic congestion, you know, diesel emissions, environmental impacts. I mean, the, the list of concerns is quite significant. Um, I think a lot of people um, on your point about how far back this is, I mean, it's deeply rooted in Milton's um, uh, and from a social perspective, like Milton is a, v- a very young town like the average age is in the mid thirties. Last time I checked, it's like 34 years old. So a lot of these people haven't been here very long and they, they don't realize how long it's been going on for. Yeah. And this is true because uh, as I said, it started in 2001. CN was acquiring property in the fall of 2000 um, using numbered companies, which believe is standard practice. So people didn't know who was buying. They just knew somebody was buying up land in the area. And in 2001, it was announced that it was CN that was buying the land and it was an intermodal. Um, There was a public meeting at Halton region where well over 500 people were in attendance. It was the greatest, um, most significant um, opposition they'd ever faced to any project. Um, At that time, they actually did not make an application. The application process was different. They would have gone to the Canadian Transportation Agency first. And this go around, it's actually one of the final steps, which is just we're preparing for now. Um, So in 2003, CN determined that uh, the economy had slowed down enough and they were stepping back. And then I can't remember now if it's 2008 or 2009, CN had gone to Halton region and um, approached them saying they're not moving forward with the logistics hub or the intermodal terminal, but they wanted to build an industrial park. So they were outright turned down by the region and that was pretty much the last that we had heard from them. And then, of course, in 2015, they came forward with their announcement of the new intermodal yard. So it's the same land area. It's just on the west side of the tracks. So and the interesting thing right. about that is in 2001, 2002, I had spoke to one of the representatives at CN and asked them, like, why? the east side and not the west side. And they actually said, because there's too many um, issues to mitigate on the west side. So I'm really curious about that to this day because nothing's changed in the geography of the area. So I'm wondering why now it's um, the most suitable location. Yeah, well, it's interesting to me, um, not only is the size of the land uh, that is affected in in the sense that that's where the um the hub will be um but what's interesting is that there are first of all if they were smart they would sell the land to a developer that's going to build residential properties uh because that land has appreciated uh tremendously in value but uh what's interesting to me is actually the land surrounding uh the site and for for those of you listening that don't know, and or, or even for those of you that do know, it's kind of that lower baseline and Tremaine intersection is is going to be the heart of of the hub more or less. Um, there, I can count probably four or five new home builders that own land around immediately around this hub, and 
some builders, I won't mention any names, but are already starting to sell land and properties uh, on spec um, in areas that will be greatly affected. And uh, not only the noise pollution, but air pollution and, and traffic and so many things that are being affected. So obviously, we're a real estate podcast, but we do care about, um, you know, our land and, and Milton as in general. Um, but it's it's scary to think that because of the real estate market being so hot in Milton, that there are going to be a number of uneducated buyers purchasing in areas that are going to be affected that won't even recognize they're affected until it's too late, right? This is true. It's a big concern. So... You've had, and by the way, you're doing and have done a, a tremendous job on bringing awareness uh, to this and um, bringing all of the updates and just, again, attention to it, uh, to the Milton residents. So thank you for all of your hard work. Um, what are some of the residents, like uh, obviously the three of us are residents of Milton and, and we have our own concerns, but when you talk to the general public um, that live in Milton, what are some of their biggest concerns and and how do you answer some of these people? Yeah, there's, a, well, people are, the good thing is the people that do uh, know about the yard are becoming informed and educated. Um, unfortunately, there's still a significant portion of the population that either a don't understand or actually are still not even aware of it, which just frightens me. Um, but people are concerned about the proximity to residential areas. Um, and, and, and just also to note like Milton rail and, and also Halton region in the town, we're not opposed to intermodal. We understand the value of intermodal, but this is uh, area that is actually currently now agri zoned agricultural and it's beside residential areas. You know, intermodal facilities should be located on industrial land with immediate access to a major highway. This yard location is 10, 10 and a half kilometers from uh, either the QEW or the 401. And the entrance that they're proposing is uh, seven and a half kilometers to the 407, which is a toll highway. And it's really quite unrealistic to think that the truck drivers are going to pay the toll fees to go um, to the 407. And realistically, if they do, I would assume, safely assume, that they get on and get off at the next stop. So they're paying minimal fees on there. So um, it, it's just not an appropriate location so people do recognize that um, people are concerned because they're aware like the the location that they're proposing there's 34,000 homes um, in that area and more to be built um, the facility runs 24 hours a day seven days a week um, then there's so like we said 800 trucks so it's 1600 truck movements so 800 in 800 out if you lined those up just to get an idea of the, the, the size of that, that's 29 kilometers of trucks. And yes, they won't be coming all at the same time. So we're not going to have a line of 29 kilometers. But if you can think of that in your mind, that's how many trucks we're going to have. If you line them up, it goes from the, and we're just picking a road for measurement. It would go from the Tremaine Road at the 401 all the way down to Lower Baseline, across Lower Baseline, um, up Bronte Road, 
across Britannia and up James Snow Parkway to the 401. That's 29 kilometers, give or take. That's a lot of trucks. The size of this yard. Now, CN does not own all all of the land that I'll be talking about, but they do own a significant portion of it. So they own 1,200 acres within the area of Britannia, Terrain Road, down to Lower Baseline. Actually, they own past Lower Baseline, but I'll ignore that for now. So Lower Baseline to Bronte Road or Bronte Street up to Britannia. If you would lift that up and superimpose it into the town, because I think people can relate to that size better this way. If you went from Bronte Road and Derry across Derry Road to to Main Street, Main Street up, sorry, uh, Bronte Road up to Main Street past to Steeles Avenue, include Maplehurst Center, and then come down along Steeles to uh, Bronte Road. That's how large this area is. So Steeles to to Derry, Bronte to um, Main Street, and include Maplehurst. That's how much land. That's the size of this area. It's enormous. They own 1,200 acres. They plan to build 400, and they will not disclose what they want to do with the other 800. Now, one of the conditions um, is that they're not to build anything else, but... That's all to be determined. So, sorry. So that's that's really important because I think people don't understand. You know, they think of maybe the little uh, intermodal yard that's up by the, the 401 and Trafalgar Road. That's a CP yard, and it's much smaller. I don't have the measurements of that, but it's a small small yard. So, anyway, as I was saying, it it operates 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's all those trucks coming in, the trucks leaving, the diesel fumes the particulates from the truck tires, noise, vibration, the safety issues. They know the trucks are going to be obviously wearing our local roads. CN does not pay for that infrastructure maintenance. We pay for that as taxpayers. So that's going to be an increase to our tax base in our community. Um, And CN, a private corporation, is solely benefiting from that. So there's great concern about about that issue. Um, The particulate matter... um, Sorry, I'm just going to go to some of the notes that I made here because I don't want to I don't want to miss anything. There's so, so the uh, particulate matter to the PM25. It's unsafe at any level of exposure, and that will have a significant increase uh, in adverse effects on the health and the community. Um, the federal review panels concluded over 200 mitigation measures that were required to avoid significant adverse effects from the project. Um, some of those lie within the municipal and uh, town level and provincial, and CN does not want to adhere to those. So even though those conditions are set out because the approval came with 325 conditions, and we need to look more into that more, as of course the region and the town are, who is monitoring that? Who's going to take right. care of that? So who who has the best interest of the community at heart? Um it's really scary. It's just, it's just absolutely the wrong location. And um, some people talk, well, it's a NIMBY, you're being NIMBY. We're not. Uh, we recognized in 2001 that the outcome of this project will set precedent for any future rail development across the country. And because the rail development falls under the Canadian Transportation Act, which is the, the old Railway Act, those measures were put in place, A, for a Crown Corporation, which CN is no longer, and B, it's regulations that were made when our technology was different, our environment, not 
I don't mean environment as in air, but environment as in the developed area in our environment was different and we had different restrictions. And I think now with the increase in population, um, I think we really need to be more protective of the people in our in all the communities. And there are communities that are looking to invite CN or CP in to build an intermodal. So um, it's quite it's quite concerning. I haven't heard that term NIMBY for a while. And for those that aren't familiar with it, it's not in my backyard. Oh, yeah. And that's um and I can see why somebody would say that, but I think from everything I've read and and watched and listened to, there seems to be a lot of reasons uh to support why it's not a good location. In fact, well, like uh Jonathan Wilkinson, who's the Minister of Environment and Climate Change, he said, What is I wrote down here? While the logistics hub is likely to cause significant adverse environmental effects. The government determined that the significant adverse environment effects are justified. And then CN also, I can't remember where I saw this, but they also discourage residential development within 1,000 meters of an existing hub. And here they are plopping one down uh, significantly closer than that to residential, existing residential. So have there been proposed, uh, like what other sites or uh, proposals have been made to accommodate still having the hub, but in a more practical uh, accepted location? Um, I have to be truthful. I don't know the list of it because it's not a focus that we put into it. Um, apparently, they, they are in the application. Um, what we're looking at is the reasons why it shouldn't be here. Um, yeah. And again, or anywhere where there's residential areas, like put it in an industrial area where the infrastructure is there to support it or planned to be developed to support it and have immediate access to a highway. Because like, if you, you think of this too, if this is built here, the 800 trucks that are coming in, where are they going? To warehousing. And yes, we have significant amount of warehousing that's being built now north of the 401. So they're going through our town. I mean, not, I'm not saying all of them, but what percentage of those trucks are now driving through our town, not just to get to the highway, but to get over the highway to the warehousing or from the warehousing to the intermodal. How many more trucks is, you know, it's just, it's mind boggling to see the impacts that are, that will happen here. Well, can Um, you imagine what what it's going to do to, what it's going to do to traffic Um, so forget about the regular maintenance that the roads are going to need, not only with current population, but the growth of the population. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you add the trucks in there. Um, those trucks are going to be going on basically all of the roads that, surround Milton. So it's all those access roads, uh, roads like Britannia and Brawny and Louis, uh, Louis St. Laurent potentially, and, and, um, uh, James Snow Parkway, uh, yes. Tremaine road, like all of the major arteries basically of Milton. So anybody that's, um, commuting for work or anybody that wants to go to Walmart that lives at the other end of town, um, you know, uh, because let's face it, uh, Milton's great and we have a lot of amenities, but now we've grown to a part that if you're at one end of the uh, um, one end of town, there is a very good likeliness that you have to drive to the other end of town for certain things on a regular basis, whether it's restaurants or bars or or 
like Walmart, um, uh, schools, you know. So I can't imagine what the traffic will look like with all of these additional residents coming in over the next 10 to 20 years, you know, we're going to be over a quarter million population at that point. Uh, You add in all of these trucks who, you know, they don't have zero to 60 in five seconds, like most of the vehicles on the road today, you know, it takes them a long time to get up and running. Um, There's going to be a lot of pissed off drivers in the town of Milton. Right. Well, can like, you can you even today? Tremaine's going to be heavily affected, obviously, uh, because of its new four hundred one interchange. Four hundred one interchange, and I mean, even today, I'd say the, a lot of the vast majority of drivers don't know how to navigate roundabouts. Still, <sighs> add in tractor trailers to those; they occupy both lanes as they go around. It's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah, it, it's a big concern. <laughs> It's a big concern. Yeah. And just, just think how that would be all alleviated if it was immediately access to accessible to the major highways, you know, on ramp, on ramp, off ramp, not through the communities. You know, absolutely, there would still be some environmental impacts with the diesel emissions, but a lot of the issues with safety uh, and road congestion uh, could be alleviated. Um, CN talks about the trucks that they can determine where they go, but they can only tell their truck drivers where to go. CN um, is responsible for 20% of the trucks that would be working in the yard facility. Uh, The rest are independent and they cannot tell them where to drive or where not to drive. They can possibly suggest it, but they can't enforce it. So there is another issue where that um, safety issue is left with our local law enforcement to. Uh, monitor and find these drivers, um, which just again creates road congestion. People, you know, police are pulling over um, trucks to um, give them fines for the roads that they're driving on that they shouldn't be. That the whole thing is just creates such an incredible mess. And the solution, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I think the solution is quite simple: appropriate location, immediate access to a major highway in an industrial area. It, it just seems so so simple. Can you imagine being a truck driver and you've been driving for hours and you get off the 401 at uh, 25 or even at James Snow and uh, you have to go to the washroom or you need something to eat, you know, uh, you're pulling over somewhere. I can guarantee you there's a bunch of them that are going to be pulling over somewhere. Um, Where are they pulling over to? Like the, even even the restaurants or the uh, gas stations or whatever that we've got here in town, they're barely accommodating the current population. Um, now you throw a big 18-wheeler or whatever into this uh, uh, parking lot and eats up, uh, you know, 12 spaces or however many spaces it would take up and how many times you see uh, a truck pulled over on the side of the road because they have a uh, engine problem or or who knows what, right? Like maintenance issues and all of those things. Now, off the record, kind of on the record, between the well, three of recorded us, and posted on online. So right. well, I said off the record, so it's legally acceptable. Well, this whole section we're going to bleep out. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm pretty ballsy, so I'll just speak my piece. But am I the only conspiracy theorist here that thinks that there's some shady shit going on behind the scenes? Because who thought 
it was a great idea to have a 401 interchange at Tremaine Road. And magically, there's an improved uh, logistics hub uh, just down the street. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just going to say I'm, I've been watching the uh, TV series on, on Prime called Yellowstone. And I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, no. it's very much in line with that. It's this very wealthy guy that owns a ranch whose family's owned it for 150 years. They've got developers trying to come in and buy up land. And, you know, all these people have their hands in somebody's pocket trying to um, persuade things to go in their direction. And I'm sure it's the case here. It must be because it makes no sense. Like, you know, CN says it about not, you know, discouraging development within a thousand meters. And it makes sense to do that because you shouldn't. And one of the big questions I'm, and the reason I'm going in this direction is a lot of people are asking us, um, how will it affect real estate values? And I think it, it makes more sense for the intermodal to be somewhere uh, further away so that development around it can be determined later rather than plopping it in and adversely affecting real estate values uh, because those people didn't have that decision. Uh, to, you know, they didn't know going into it that 10 years down the road, there would be this big facility that would negatively impact the value versus you know, if the development happened afterwards, they can make the decision going in knowing it's there. Um, and then, you know, we'd, have a very, we'd be having a very different conversation. Well, let me ask you this, and you and I have never really chatted about it. We get asked it all the time. Um, the areas that currently have homes built and that are occupied right now, do you think those homes' values will be affected. And I'm talking about the closest ones. So Hawthorne South Village, as an example, which is, uh, you know, kind of a Buds, Britannia down to Brawny. So those ones are already built and being lived in. Do you think the values of those homes will be affected? I think inevitably they will. I mean, even... Do you think then that the homes that they are selling or are going to sell which are closer to the hub entrance and the hub itself, do you think those home values will be affected? From a new construction perspective? Yes. I don't think so, because I think they'll be done developing it before it starts. And the builder's not going to make light to the fact that there's going to be this big thing there and their excuse yeah. will be, wow. You go, you go on to a developer's website and they show you the site plan and they show you all the beautiful trees and, and uh, schools to be built. Well, our neighborhood is a good example. So Ariel and I live in Wilmot or Hawthorne Village on the park south of the hospital. And when we bought ours, there's that big area with the old farmhouse that's there and the big park, Sunnymount Park. And the developers showed that as this beautiful open green space. And now there's been this ongoing, um, uh, or, uh, I guess somebody's proposing to build a commercial or office building in there uh, because they bought it. And anyways, it's going through a long process. I'm not sure where it's at at this point, but uh, that's what happens. Builders, and they can, they can they're, do they're that re- because they're going to resubmit an application with a revised plan for a different type of building but they're still pushing to basically build a medical building in the middle of the park right so unless cn is broken ground they could easily find a way to say well we didn't know it was going to go there for sure it wasn't a hundred percent you know so no i don't i don't think from a new perspective from resale it will 10 years from now 
those houses will sell for less than the exact same house on the other side of town. Um, so, so just sure to be clear, will. because everybody's interested in that, Adrian, your opinion is as a whole, real estate in Milton won't be affected, but the closer that you are to that hub, it will, con- it will affect the value, which brings up that whole kind of like, there's a whole bunch of shady shit happening here. Like you've got this 401 interchange being built for, we don't know why we don't really need it. Uh, We've got this hub being built in the middle of a community. Like imagine how pissed off even the truck drivers are going to be, are going to be having to drive there in the begin with. Uh, We've got all of these developers that own land, new home builders that own land immediately surrounding this place. They're going to be selling them based on today's market value. So they're cashing in and laughing. And then however many years from now, everybody around, it's going to go, well, we got to sell. And then the we can't live here anymore. There's too many trucks. There's pollution, whatever. And uh, we didn't know about this when we bought it. And the builder didn't tell us about it. We just saw all these beautiful parks and the escarpment and thought it was a great spot. And now you're going to have buyers coming in and going, well, your house is worth 10% less because you're next to the hub. And I don't even want your house because it's next to the hub. That's reality, folks. That's <laughs> Yeah, please. Well, you, it'll be interesting to hear from you because you, you're talking with people all the time about this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as far as the 401 Tremaine interchange goes, I know that's been in the works and the plans for decades. It's been on the official plan. Um, it definitely looks suspicious, but realistically, with all the development that's been done in the west end of Milton, um, it is something that um, you know was going to be coming to service those communities. Uh, it, it certainly can be taken as suspicious, and it does look odd, but it is for the new development. Um, and the other part of that is I, I really don't think there's anything suspicious going on with the town or the community uh, or the region. Cause realistically, if you think about this is 20 years, 2001, February, 2001 is when Milton rail formed. When we started fighting this, the town and region have been on board since that time. Um, and now Oakville built, sorry, Oakville, Oakville, Milton, Burlington, and Halton Hills are all standing unanimously against this hub. The amount of time and the amount of money and the amount of manpower that has gone in to fight this, I really don't think that they would be, you know, playing both sides of it. Well, let's put this high with this interchange in for the intermodal. So they, they definitely see the serious impact. Like from my opinion, from the views, from information I've looked at and from what we know that's going on, they definitely see this as a serious concern for um, Milton and Halton region. So um, conspiracy theories are fun and I enjoy them as much as anyone else, but I really don't think that's true. Um, Certainly not on, at a I'm municipal level. I'm just trying level. to stir the pot a little I know, bit. I know, no, no, it's good, it's good. <laughs> now, the thing I the thing I like to address, and I have to say this carefully, I would like to see, and we've always wanted to see the developers, and I'm not going to finger point to anyone in particular, but I feel they should have been more active and maybe they were behind the scenes and we don't know about it, but I feel they should have been more active or more vocal in standing up against the intermodal because this is 
residential that they're building. And this will have a severe adverse impact to the community. And particularly, you know, as you get closer to the yard, it's going to be more severe. So I would like to have seen them um, in the forefront fighting this more and maybe working something out with CN to um, attract them to another area that would be more appropriate, do land swapping, do whatever needed to be done. Um, that really concerns me. And this is old, I want to stress old statistical information. When we started looking at this in 2001, there was a community in the US, I cannot remember where it is, and it's buried in boxes of information in my attic. Um, some of the land values dropped as much as 50% the closer they were to the yard. So yeah, is that true now? I've talked to real estate agents and they say, no, that won't happen. So I really hope they're right, but I don't know. And that's Adrian, me. I think we're going to get a lot of listing presentations this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, think there's, I want to be careful with that. <laughs> you know, what's yeah, interesting I'm, is, so to your point, Rita, uh, yes, I, I totally understand the 401 up at Tremaine and having the, um, uh, one of the uh, phases, I guess, of, of Milton being built out um, includes new residential in that area, uh, quite a quite substantial amount, actually. There, there are a number of developers that do own land in that area. Now, what you you mentioned, uh, trade land. You know, uh, how has nobody proposed to those developers and CN and said, you know, let's let's do that land swap. There's 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 enough land owned by developers up in that Tremaine 401 uh, area that it could be tucked away. Um, now, obviously, there's residential uh, properties in that area, too. So I don't know what the um logistics of building up there would be, but um, certainly where the current lands are owned are clearly supposed to be some kind of residential. If you're going to build that out, aside from agricultural uh, uh, use, it obviously makes sense to build homes and communities within that versus having a hub there. So why not land swap? I like that idea. We, do you know we, we can help broker that deal. <laughs> I do know in uh, the 2001 uh, time, CN was looking at the location, uh, the industrial area north of the 401. Uh, we do not support that location at all. So I'm not saying go there, but I'm just trying to give some history. Um, CN had stated that the, uh, I guess the level of the land was lower on one end of the property than the other. And they felt it was too difficult to, reconstruct or make it work in that area. Um, personally, I have to laugh at that because when CN has the rights, rights to change water courses, I think they can throw a few tons of dirt in a, in, a, in a location to change the height on the land or the level to make sure it's level. But anyway, aside from that, we do not support that that would be a location. But uh, there's a lot of, I think, smoke and mirrors being played by um, the proponent. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Rita, for people that are um, maybe wanting to get involved to offer support and try to support the cause, uh, what can they do? Where can they go? What would you recommend? Um, we have our website, which is miltonrail.com. And we do have 
on there. We're asking for people to, at this time, there'll be probably more action items later, but right now we have, uh, we're asking people to write letters to Minister Wilkinson because there isn't a period for an appeal process. So we're asking for as much community involvement and every household can send a letter for every person in that home. Um, it's like voting, everyone has the right to voice their opinion. Um, so if you can go to miltonrail.com, one of the links is action. Um, there's a letter, there's three sample letters there. We encourage you to write your own, um, put it in your own words, your concern. There's a lot of information on the website, um, the maps for the location, um, photos of intermodal for those of you that don't know what the intermodal is. Unfortunately, it was, a, it was not a busy, busy time that we went to the yard, so it's not showing that truck activity. Um, there's some videos that give you some examples of the, the activities. You can hear the noise that that's um, occurring in the yard, um, but the, it's a pretty thorough site there. Um, we want more people involved and we're really concerned about the newer areas in Milton because we really feel that A, they don't all have the information and some may not even know what's transpiring. So we're asking for the community to engage with their neighbors and let them know what's going on. And that actually poses another problem for us right now. And it has obviously for the last year with COVID, we need to limit our activity and connection with other people. So we thought about doing flyers and sending them door to door, but that will be very stressing and concerning for some people to receive stuff that way. So we're looking at maybe doing um, a mail drop with Canada Post and having flyers put in. And I know some people hate having that put in their mailbox, yeah. but this is so important. So we're, we're thinking of doing a uh, fundraising to help pay for the flyers and get Canada Post to put them in the mailboxes, particularly in that southern portion of Melton. Um, we don't have anything on the website yet, but we will very likely be doing that. But most importantly right now is um, go to the website, send a letter. If you want to sign up for the email, we can send you more information there. Um, there's also uh, Milton Says No. They have uh, activity and information on their site as well. Um, so both two groups are working on this. Um, and the thing that we really want to stress, because we're talking about hypocrisy and situations here, um, I just want to share this with you. Uh, Minister Wilkinson was quoted on Twitter, and it's a quote that um, um, Prime Minister Trudeau had also shared. It's helped us build a healthier, fairer, and more resilient future that we can be proud to pass on to our children and grandchildren. So if that's true, I think putting an intermodal yard beside residential areas that will have adverse health effects to a community is wrong. Um, unless that quote is only relevant to specific portion of the Canadian uh, community, I don't know. Um, but it really angered me when I heard that comment and then realized that the application was approved with conditions. So I think we need to address that issue. It, it, we wanna protect all Canadians, um, for many things, but our issue right now is this intermodal and it's somewhat hypocritical to say you want to have a better future for your children and grandchildren, but we don't seem to be included in that. And um, I don't, I don't see that application or this project moving forward as being justified. So um, nothing changes without people taking action and that's what we're doing. And we're asking for people to get involved as well. There's yeah. an abundance of people. So um, we own a Facebook group called Hawthorne South Village. 
Uh, there's approximately 750 odd um, of the neighbors that are on that group. And it's, it was started primarily to have neighbors, um, you know, chatting with each other and, and give updates on what's happening in the community. And I posted on there uh, yesterday that we were having you on this episode of the podcast. And I just asked for some feedback and if people had questions and the predominant um, concern, obviously, aside from um, health concerns, you know, I mean, that's everybody's concern, like what's going what's going in the air here? Like, you know, uh, we, we live on the border of the escarpment and, and, uh, we're a pretty clean town. Uh, our air is not that bad, but it's going to get a lot worse. That's one of the concerns. Um, but a lot of it has to do with truck traffic. Um, and people are asking like, what can we do to reduce? So if this does go through, what are they going to do to reduce noise? What are they going to do to, um, increase enforcement of truck speed limits? Um, how are you going to reduce truck movement during rush hour? Um, which by the way, I haven't driven a lot in the last couple of years, but even during the pandemic, driving through Milton from one end to the other right now during that four to five o'clock hour, no thanks. Um, and then asking about uh, water and air testing and emission testing, like where is all this going to come from? Like, so I don't know, Rita, what is, what is the town and the region doing like you said that they're they're opposed to this they're they're against it as much as any of us it sounds like what what are they doing what can they do what can everybody do uh on on top of you know filling out and uh, online petitions and sending letters is is there anything else are we missing something here because to me I don't know. I don't know what we're missing. We're missing something, right? Like we got to be missing something. For I think this. what we need to do is uh, to get people more actively opposed to That's, it is maybe we rally up 800 semis and have them do a few laps around town um, and see, see if that draws some attention. Do a trial, <laughs> do a trial run. Yes. Yeah. Do we, do we have any friends? Uh, I, I used to know some people at Canada Cartage. They certainly have enough uh, equipment. I don't know. Do we, do we have there any listeners? There must be a lot of truck drivers in town. Yeah. Do we have any listeners that uh, maybe, and, and Hey, quite honestly, this is part of this podcast. It's not our usual uh, topic. Usually we're giving people tips and tricks and all that fun jazz to buy and sell real estate or get into real estate or what have you. But you know, there, there is uh, some uh, tie between this topic and real estate, obviously. Um, but it's, it's an awareness thing, of course, uh, no question. People need a voice, need to have a voice. Um, you know, I think there needs to be more awareness from the perspective of people that don't currently live in Milton as well. Certainly people that are planning on moving to Milton, like there's a ton of people from outside of Milton right now moving into Milton. Like if we look at a percentage of our uh, real estate transactions and we do a bunch of them in Milton, um, a lot of people are moving from Toronto, Mississauga, Brampton into Milton. They have no clue. Uh, they don't know. Um, you know, 
Rita, to your point, I don't know whether or not some of these developers uh, have paid any attention or even care, right? Like, why aren't they against this? Why aren't they standing up? Maybe we got to, you know, put an invite out to, I don't know, mentioning any names here, but Peter Gilgan <laughs> um, uh, to get on this podcast and uh, maybe talk a little bit about uh, why we're building homes next to a proposed uh, CN hub and uh, that, you know, owners of these lands aren't doing anything to pound chest to say, no, this should not go here. And we'll put up a few million bucks or whatever in our voice to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Like the people that seem to have potentially some leverage or voices uh, are squatting behind closed doors and 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 uh in my opinion that's bullshit it would be good to have uh and maybe there is there are things going on i don't know if there are or there aren't but it would be good to have some of the developers and won't mention any names but um either put some money forward to help support the town the region to fight this or help the community groups do something but and and as i said i don't know maybe they are doing things behind the scenes maybe they can't do it uh publicly i i I find that as an excuse but i have to be respectful that obviously i don't understand how some of this big business works but it would be good to uh have some support and have them vocalize their concerns because um it is incredibly serious, and I think maybe with some additional support from builders, um, maybe more people would be involved sooner. Um, I know everyone's lives are so busy, and there's so many things going on, and you know, people are some people living paycheck to paycheck, and now with the pandemic, God, people don't even know if they're going to have a job next week or next month. So it's, it couldn't be worse timing for something like this to be going on. And we really question um, the integrity of this project moving forward at this time, because there's so many other things going on. It, it seems quite ridiculous. I remember uh, maybe eight or nine years ago in an early uh, time in my real estate career, where there was a property on Tremaine road Um on the west side of the road that came for sale. And I was quite interested because I thought, hmm, down the road, this would be a good piece of land to sell to a developer. And obviously at that time I didn't know, but I did my due diligence and you can't, you can't do that. You can't, uh, those lands uh, on the west side of Tremaine are pretty well protected. Um, And right now as it stands, developer can't just come along and start building homes there but magically we can have 800 trucks and a huge hub uh just on the other side of the street so how that works i don't know but um what well, episode the is this adrian perhaps this the is town should propose 17 17 perhaps 17 of hang on hang on let me let no. me do my midtro episode 117 of kt confidential the real estate podcast um today we are talking with rita vogel host um uh, Post, sorry. Uh, and she is leading up the Milton Rail. Is it MiltonRail.com? Is that right? MiltonRail.com, uh, Milton Rail Group. Uh, we're talking about the CN Hub uh, going smack 
dab in the middle of the newest area of Milton. And uh, it's been a good chat so far. We are going to leave a few links in the description below. So please make sure you check those out uh, and share this, please. If you're listening and this means anything to you, if you live in Milton or thinking of moving to Milton and you love the town, you want to preserve it, you want to have um, a change. The only way we can change and make this better is to create awareness. So please share this, uh, speak your voice, speak your piece. Um, yes, go ahead, Rita. I don't know what else to say. It's just that we, we have, we can't stand back and watch this happen. Uh, this will, if this moves forward, this will have such a tremendous impact to our community um, of Milton and Halton region and other communities as well, because like I said, it sets a precedent for future rail development. And I know there's people, whether they're really voicing their concern or their internet trolls, or they actually work for the industry saying, you know, why are you wasting your time? Because the, the railways can do so much because of the Canadian Transportation Act. Well, that's why that's probably the most important reason why we have to do something is because we need to stand up and ha and make some change. And um, if we don't, um, those, we, we will feel the impacts. I, I firmly believe that, but absolutely our children, our grandchildren and future generations to come are going to have severe impacts from this, the cumulative effects of this. And also we really question if, if CN will meet those conditions, let's pretend they can, let's pretend they can meet all of those conditions. Who is going to be responsible to monitor that? Um, can the next government come in and change those uh, requirements and no longer have CN be responsible for what they've been asked at this date? Where is the protection for us for not only today or the next six months or the next six years, but where's the protection for the future? Um, and the only answer we can see is that if this is put in an appropriate location, still with some mitigation measures and responsibility on CN or any rail development, um, we can do better than this. Like, let's do better. Let's be responsible. Because for God's sake, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're here. We live on this planet. And, uh, you know, I don't mean to be like, you know, big green proponent. I mean, I am concerned about the environment, but I don't want to turn it into a big speech about saving the planet. But we are responsible for what we do and what we leave here. So let's do that because we're going to we're going to feel the impacts. And we have that responsibility. Otherwise, truly, we don't we don't deserve to be here. Adrian, I apologize. I cut you off. You had something to say, and I forgot to um, circle back to you. I'm quite quite used to that on this show. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's quite all right. I I uh, I'm fine with it. So I was just saying. I mean, I don't know um, what would be involved with it, uh, but you know, it it would be interesting to because I was commenting or thinking with regards to your comment about residential development not being permitted on the west side of Tremaine. I know at some point somebody was trying to, I can't remember who it was or when it was, but somebody was proposing to open up and allow further development of the escarpment. And, you know, perhaps looking, although a lot of people are probably opposed to the idea of too much growth on the west side uh, as it approaches the escarpment, Perhaps as an alternative to the intermodal, that would be something that even those people would entertain. So, you know, maybe if uh, that was proposed by the various governing bodies, 
uh, from the Niagara Escarpment Commission and Conservation Halton to the local municipalities. Uh, maybe then, uh, to your point, Rita, then then the builders may have, maybe they would be more inclined at that point if they had saw the potential of further development, maybe then they would get involved. Well, we haven't even talked about the fact that the Milton Education Village with hopefully one day a university uh, is literally going to be across the road and yes. one block over, Yeah. right? Like how many thousands of students and teachers and employees, uh, how many cars are going to be going to the university? They're all going to need places to live. Like that is going to have an impact, which will be severely impacted by having a uh the hub there so you know how does that what does that look like why aren't we talking about the fact that there is we all want the university to come here right like we all want uh uh the milton education to grow uh, village to to grow and to blossom and and it to be a place to attract people to come to live but then you know, these professors that are going to go and teach at that university want to live maybe within walking distance. Yeah. Why don't you just go, go live next to the trucks? Yeah, sure. Yes. Sounds, sounds great. Something right. like the, uh, that will help provide some more frequent use of the velodrome that sits there quietly. Yeah. <laughs> why don't you go park the trucks at the fricking velodrome? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I'm getting heated. Did you see that in the first presentation? I was at the public, uh, sorry, it wasn't public. It was the chamber breakfast where CN announced their presentation for the uh, intermodal hub in 2015. One of their big proud presentation <laughs> comments was they were going to build a cycling track around the intermodal hub. I just about died. I thought, are you kidding me? So will you be handing out gas masks with that? So these really healthy people that are riding their bikes are going to drive, you know, so carefully between intermodal trucks and try not to get killed. I mean, it's, it was just the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. And it just spoke volumes about um, CN and, I mean, obviously they've thought about what they want to build here, but to present that to a community, because maybe because we have the velodrome here, I assume, how stupid do they think everybody is? Oh, good. We're going to get a bike, bike track around the intermodal hub. Really? Yeah. Okay. Sadly, some people are that stupid, though. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think so. I really don't. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's funny. I never heard that. That's interesting. I I wonder if I, I, you know, I don't know the stats or haven't looked into it. Um, Brampton, I guess, is the closest uh, hub to us. Yes. What are their uh, theft rates at these at these hubs? Like, you got to think these these trucks and containers and everything coming in and out of there. Uh, there's got to be some criminal activity, right? There's a lot of goods and a lot of money flowing through there, and 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 all that. Does it does it affect potentially crime? I don't know. Yeah, truly, you know? it's not something we ever looked into. A lot of things ran through our mind. A lot of concerning things ran through our mind. Um, uh, but no, we didn't we didn't look further into that. But you, you don't know. I mean, we we don't really know what this could bring. There's 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 a lot of concerns. There's uh, I mean, sorry, we know a lot of things that are going to come, but there's a lot of things we thought of that we didn't investigate. So. 
Yeah. Oh, that's just me speaking out loud. Welcome to the um, and anything else uh, that either one of you want to add? I'm, I'm done for today. Other than saying whoever's listening with us, uh, whoever's watching. Um, and by the way, thank you for spending the time here today with us, Rita. But um, please, you. if you're listening, watching, uh, share this, uh, share your voice, share your opinion. Um, n- nobody is pro hub if you want to call that like everybody i speak to doesn't want it coming here there's every reason in the world that it shouldn't um the only thing we can do is uh unite and um and do our best to have a voice and if you've ever had a voice ever in this world in this planet uh today your voice is more greatly heard than it ever was before uh but you you have to push that button to share. You have to push that button to comment. You have to, um, you know, use your written word as best as you can. Anything else that you guys want to add? No, I'm good. I think that just sending out the message and, and making sure people are informed and know what's happening and encourage people to get involved. And like you said, voice their opinion. That's very important and easy to do nowadays. Yeah, well, thank absolutely. you very much, Rita. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, folks, you can go to miltonrail.com. You can leave a comment here. Rita's going to share it on some of her platforms, as are we. Uh, so please comment and share. Uh, we'll try and tackle some questions and, and uh, answer some stuff and keep everybody updated on what's happening. And certainly, Rita, uh, again, you've done a tremendous job on doing that. Thank you for, for the work and in, in, in everything that you've done uh, over the many years. Um, we can still do this. So um, let's let's support and unite and, and come together as a community, as a town and uh, uh, put this to rest and build some homes there instead. We, we need some more homes in Milton. Absolutely. <laughs> more people, more residents, better community and be stronger. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you allowing us this time to talk. And there are so many people involved um, helping with this. Um, it's really important. And again, don't think that everyone else is going to talk for you. Everyone stand up and voice their concerns, send your letters, send your email. Um, if, if you've never done it now is the time to do it. And don't think that just your one, one voice, one opinion isn't going to count. It will. So please, please get involved. Oh, thank you, Rita. Thanks for coming on. And thank you for voicing your opinion on the matter and, and standing up for the cause. Yeah. Thank you. That's episode 117 folks. Uh, have a great week.